What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at TalkLouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, TalkLouderPodcast.com, where you'll find links to our merch and our previous episodes. I'm Metal Dave, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And today we have Guernica Mancini. Funny how she she said, it's okay if you don't roll the R's. I like how you took that route. Yeah, well, yeah. I, with her permission, I, yeah. I, I didn't want to butcher her name. So, <laughs> No, uh, she, you did good. You're doing fine. I'm sure that's how everyone <laughs> in America is saying her name. Right. And yeah. uh, so hopefully I did it justice. But, no, uh, you're good. Guernica is the front woman for a band called Thunder Mother, and they are out of Sweden, and they are currently on tour. They're in the middle of a tour with the Scorpions right now. They've got uh, a new album that's, out. That's a good gig, don't you think? That's man? a really good gig, if yeah. you can get it. Um, yeah. They're called Thunder Mother. They have a new album out called Black and Gold, and uh, as I mentioned, they're currently making their way across the United States, uh, opening for the Scorpions. And uh, as many of you know, Whitesnake uh, was originally part of that bill, um, and they had to pull out of the tour for some sort of health reasons. We're not real clear on that, and it doesn't really matter. But what we're talking about here is all of a sudden Thunder Mother becomes direct support and gets a little more stage time. Uh, it's their first tour of North America, so not a bad way to introduce yourself. And uh, we uh, no. were happy to have her speak with us a little bit today. Yeah. Uh, it's odd it to be young again. You know, <laughs> uh, a rock band on the road, uh, touring with your idols. Yeah. You know, and yeah. to be I able don't, to. I don't, but you do. Yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you, but you, but just even you, you could see the, the energy that, that she was having and it's basically vicariously through her band thunder mother they're having the time of their lives they're yeah. being treated well and which is not always how it goes um and she talks about that a little bit uh on the, like the levels of uh these a lot of festivals that they've been doing thunder mother yeah um like where the promoters are professional promoters and maybe not so professional promoters where you know, it's the difference between, ha between having a real dressing room and a tent with a bunch of Vikings in it. Oh, this is your shared dressing room. And yeah. no. And uh, I like how she, she explained all of that. <clears throat> and they made a video that we'll talk about with her as well that sort of, talk, that sort of shows yeah. a cartoony, literal cartoony way of, to look at that and, and survive that. Um, but yeah, I, as I was saying, I think that uh, that just hearing her kind of on a day off, which was we're lucky to have her on, you know, talk to us on a day off about yeah. uh, road life um, and the sort of in between things and uh, things to come and how it all kind of came down the pipe, and, and uh, that's it's fantastic to just see a young rocker you know, killing it on the road, first time on tour in America. Um, I, uh, it makes me want to go listen to the record even more. 
you know, I did a little bit of research uh, before this episode, but, and sometimes I, I don't even have time to do that. I'm just confessing, but I'm glad I did. And uh, she was cool and they're a cool band. And I like it that they're not really a metal band and they're not just a hard rock band. They're, they're just a rock band. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're metal, but they're not metal, and they're just hard rock, but they're not just hard rock. So there's all of this thing going on. And, you know, you mentioned something in our interview that I'll uh, I'll bleed into this intro, is that Sweden rocks. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. You know what I mean? It's like, man, it's like long live Sweden rock because... Uh, How many great bands come out yeah. of Sweden? Yeah, and they yeah. care, and and everyone I've ever met from Sweden who's in a rock band or just from Sweden who's a rock fan uh, has been the coolest, so yeah. cool. And you know, b bands like Danko, like Danko Jones, his label's in Sweden. I think oh, his really, wife yeah. is Swedish. He's yeah, he's Sweden's bigger. Gotta... He's bigger over there than he is in his home country of Canada. You yeah. Know? Sweden's just put out so many great rock bands uh, yeah. over the last, I don't know, 20, 30, 25 years, whatever. Um, and uh, Thunder Mother is maybe the latest of that, you know, charge. Great bands coming out of Sweden, uh, flying the flag for rock and roll. And yeah, uh, yeah their, their album, again, is called Black and Gold. They've done four videos for the album, so you can find a bunch of stuff on YouTube look them up the videos give you I, what i like about the videos is they they kind of give you a good summation of what the band is about because some of the songs are some bangers and some hard rockers some of them are a little more mellow uh there's a there's a video uh of them just kind of having fun at a rock festival so you've got everything from the from the big budget professionally shot video to something that's a little looser and a little more uh you know just kind of having fun and it's i think it's a good representation of the type of music that you'll find on the album black and gold so yeah, yeah. the uh disclaimer real quick uh uh was in a hotel room in somewhere in mississippi yeah and they're in they're not living the full-on rock star life i mean just because you're the opening band for the scorpions doesn't really mean you're at the four seasons <laughs> Uh, and, and she commented on that. Um, but the internet, the Wi-Fi was a little dodgy. Yeah. But I guarantee our producer, Jerry Tootin, is going to do his damnedest to clean this up for you listeners and YouTubers um, who are fans of the show and uh, get at least the audio to, you know, where she answered our questions and and uh played along with our silliness uh it, and and it'll it'll work so just deal with it uh and it's not that terrible and jared will be able to clean it up um anything else no i just wanted to say that uh she mentions and you'll hear this from her mouth besides mine uh the scorpions are treating them very well out on the yes. road so even though she had some dodgy wi-fi it's not the fault of the scorpions no 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 not at all they the scorpions have absolutely nothing to do with their booking agent you know they're no, trying to they're trying to save money you know I, everybody yeah. hey, has we, to know how it is on the road you know just because yeah. you're the opening band for the scorpions doesn't mean that you're uh, becoming rich 
you know. Well, we were happy to have her. She was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. She's got a lot of energy. She's a great singer. Um, yeah. And uh, we wish her continued success with Thunder Mother. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Gornica Mancini from the band Thunder Mother on the Talk Louder podcast. <laughs> So tell us, you're 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 having a day off, but you're currently out on the road with Scorpions. Uh, how exciting is that? I mean, geez, there's a lot of us dream of the day we get to open for the Scorpions. So could could be worse. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's not a bad gig. So how's it going so far? And uh, are you getting any time to spend with the Scorpions? Or I know Mickey is a fellow Swede. Now that you've they've got Mickey D playing drums, so. Uh, just kind of tell us how the tour is going and uh, your impression of the Scorpions, if you've had any time to spend with them. I'll let you take it. Yeah, so I'd say that, um, first of all, it's a dream come true, of course. Like, I've been dreaming my whole life to get an opportunity like this, and I'm just so grateful that we got it this way. I mean, it's our first North American tour, so we're fully aware of how rare that opportunity is and how amazing it is that we get to be part of a big thing like this you know the production is huge we've never even played arenas in europe yet yet, well, uh, yet. so you will now it, it feels like yeah I, I really hope so i mean the biggest thing we did was this summer when we played bucket for like twenty thousand, i think it was mm -hmm. so you can feel how we're growing and you feel like like, yeah, I feel like I've been feeling like internally the steps that we've been taking, which is really crazy and surreal. Uh, so, yes, this tour feels like a dream come true and just amazing. I'd say about the Scorpions, we haven't had time to hang out with them so that much. Uh, Mickey D, the drummer, uh, is a friend of my, my boyfriend. So I met him and he's been super supportive and... We actually, he invited us to hang out after the show and stuff like that. So he's amazing. And also um, the guys came in like the second day of the tour, which is super rare. You know, usually that doesn't happen. And they came in and said, hi, there's a pretty funny video. At least my sister thought it was hilarious. Uh, funny video when they come in and, and hang out with us and we take a photo. And Klaus like asked me to like, you know, I wouldn't say... Bend over sounds weird. That sounds like sexual. Yeah, he didn't uh, say that, but he uh, said, hunch, you know what I mean? Hunch yeah, down. Yeah he, <laughs> yeah. yeah. he asked me to hunch down to mm -hmm. take a photo and I was like being all clumsy and stuff. But so that video is really funny, but that just shows how nice and cool they are. Like, I mean, we are, I guess we're average height in this band, but compared to Klaus and yeah, we just look like big Amazon women, but yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, they've been super nice and humble and also the crew like i think that this is i mean I, I don't know that much but i've heard from other bands opening for in similar tours that they haven't had the same kind of treatment and all these things so for us we've been really you know everyone has been super nice we even like they've helped us out with the lights and we even have a camera guy filming us on our gig so you can see us on the screens on the side like all these things that are amazing. So I'm just like the crew, Scorpions, I mean, love you them forever. And just, wow, what a team. And all, also like how impressive it is to see them at the age that they are giving a show at that level and the energy every night is really, really impressive. And I hope that I can 
do the same when I'm at that age and, you know, be at that, you know, be as great as they are. So it's really cool. It's a good learning experience and just, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll second that. I've seen the Scorpions a number of times in recent years, and they are still at the top of their game. Just amazing. Um, so you, uh, White Snake, was originally part of this uh, tour, and they had to drop out. So, what kind of adjustments did you have to make? All of a sudden, your direct support for the Scorpions. Um, did that did that require you to expand your set list and maybe you get more stage space? Uh, do you go on later? What I mean, that had to be sort of a last minute adjustment for you, was it? Well, we got to play 10 more minutes, which we were really happy about. I mean, to be completely honest and, you know, it's been great for us. I mean, I hate the fact that we don't get to see White Snake because we're all big fans and we were really excited to get to know them all and like, you know, meet fellow musicians and legends as well. Um, but it's been to our advantage. Maybe that's bad to say, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. we've gone 10 more minutes. Uh, we've gotten... I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it would be if we were three bands on the on the bill, but they've treated us amazingly. And I am sad that we didn't we don't get to work with them and be part of the same, you know, tour. But as for Thunder Mother, we were ready to take on that uh, responsibility, you know. Yeah. What is it they say? Like um, luck is like when you mean opportunity and uh preparation i feel like we were prepared to take on that role even though nobody or and very few people know about us in in america we've been touring a lot in europe and doing a lot in europe so we were definitely prepared to be able to play a big stage and take care of an audience of that size and stuff like that and um yeah so it's like a it's like it's a weird thing like i'm i'm grateful that we have this opportunity uh to do it this way uh but i'm also bummed out of course and also uh health reasons we never really got any explanation to what happened but health reasons regardless of what it is like i'm I'm just hoping that it's nothing too severe and that um whoever is feeling or having problems will be better soon right yeah coverdale david coverdale's having some kind of upper respiratory issues and I don't, okay. I, wow. yeah, I don't know. It's obviously affecting his singing, but he's, he's, I, I see his tweets all the time, you know, so he's, mm-hmm. he's enjoying himself. Uh, I don't think that he's out of the woods, but he's also, I don't think that he's bedridden, you know? Yeah. No. I was going to uh, okay. say. I, thought, I, didn't, I wasn't sure if it was only him or someone else in the band. I mean, COVID uh, is still around or, yeah. you know, it could be anything really, but, True. but if, I mean, I guess I don't know. I'm just grateful that we got this opportunity. Yeah, sure, I can't man. really say anything else. And if it's in a, if he's enjoying his life and you know recoup um, recovering the best way he can, then good for him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the way you handled that question because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, this is a great opportunity. If uh, sorry, White Snake, but uh, we get more stage time and we probably get to go on a little later. So. Um, I've yeah, been in that I've been in that position before, <laughs> like with a knock on the dressing uh-huh. room door. 
like, hey, can you guys play an hour? We're like, what? <laughs> you know, we're, we're in the dressing room relearning some of the, you know, the rest of our record. And we have to add, you know, five more songs or whatever. It's, it's, it was quite, it, it happened in the middle of a tour. It wasn't like there was no preparation. There was no extra rehearsal or anything. So the good, the good thing about it is that <clears throat> you are prepared. Like yeah. that's the best part of your answer to me is like, you're ready for anything. You're ready to play 20 minutes. Yeah. You're ready to play 50 minutes because of what? We could, we could play 90 to be completely sure. honest. Like yeah. that's what we're used to doing. So yeah. playing 40 minutes is super, it's just easy. Yeah. I don't know. It's like not. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah, having you a could, good time. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could stay up late. <laughs> the 40 minute set, I don't even yeah. have to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. So you I know, said I know, I'm, I know, I'm, I'm drinking beer right now, but you, I actually don't, I can't drink during like the, 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 the um, show days day. that we play and stuff. Show day, right? right. Yeah, show right. days, yeah. Show <laughs> days is like not, and then I'm thinking this is like day drinking. Then I'll cut it off at a time where I can start drinking water and be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hydrate. Anyways. <Yeah>. So you said. <laughs> You said this is your first tour of America. Is that right? Yes. For, okay. It is. It is. What, what was, I always enjoy asking uh, bands from overseas when they first come to America. What, what was your first impression of America? Because I, I used to live overseas uh, when I was younger. My father was in the Air Force. And I know there can be like a culture shock because everything in America is just huge. And the drives between gigs, I'm guessing, are much longer than you're used to. What did you, what was your impression of America? Well, I actually, I, I used to, I lived in Los Angeles for four and a half years uh, oh, okay. from 07 to 2012 because I went to Musicians Institute and I studied at UCLA a bit, uh, extension courses. But anyway, I lived in Los Angeles and this time around, like I know what to expect. Um, I've lived here, I love America and I really enjoy the people and everything. Like, you know, all that stuff is really fun and I know the girls feel the same way. But when I first moved here in 07 and it was everything was very new to me, I was, um, but that was like an LA thing. I don't know if that's the same for everywhere, but it was really hard to get used to like how people always say like how uh, hi how are you doing and like nobody really actually cares about the answer and that was like a hard thing for me to get into you know like you you don't have to answer anyone you just have to be like hi yeah bye you know what i mean like it's such yeah. a quick little interaction whereas me coming from sweden i'm like i'm good like i want to like you know if you ask me i want to have that conversation <laughs> yeah and everyone just does it here so I remember well, that thing back, back way back when I went there first. <laughs> well, when you get to Texas, uh, Texas is known for its hospitality. So if people ask how you're doing, I'm sure they'll they'll genuinely want to hear how you're doing. <laughs> uh, your new album, Black and Gold, is the third album with you on vocals. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so. Take, before we talk about the album specifically, take me through the, the, this is now the third album. So explain to me the growth between the self-titled album and then, uh, was it Heat Wave? And then, mm -hmm. and then now up to Black and Gold. For you as, the, as a vocalist, 
What kind of uh, growth has taken place and how has your approach to singing and how has the approach to the songwriting among the band members, how is the, you know, take me through from the self-title to now. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, the, well, the first album, it was uh, when I joined the band in 2017, Philippe had already written, written most of the songs. I just, I was able to, I don't know, get a line here and there, but it was like, it was not my, I wasn't part of the creative process in mm -hmm. the same way. And I was um, obviously very new to the band. And uh, I don't know, I, I think that I wasn't, I wouldn't say confident. I've been confident in my singing, but I've evolved as a singer throughout the albums. Uh, but working at that album we did with a producer that was kind of like, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. Like he thought everything was like good enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas on the on Heathway, we worked with Saren Andersen. Um, he's also produced um, Black and Gold, and we love him. He's He's been able to like, pull stuff out of all of us that we didn't even know we had in us. You know what I mean? Like he really gets the best out of everyone. And like, he can like hear things that you don't know you can do and like suggest it and be like, okay, you try to, try to do this. And then that way, like I've evolved so much as a singer, uh, just working with him. Uh, so I would say like from Thunder Mother, I wasn't part of the songwriting process. I just went in and did what I could at, you know, at that time, and I hadn't toured as much with the band. Whereas on uh, Heatwave, we then have been touring for a few years together, being becoming more of a solid band. And it was the first time that um, we all were involved in all the songwriting. Right. And uh, and I remember just like a side story to Heatwave is that. Uh, I remember when me, Philippa, went to, we went to Denmark to uh, have a, a songwriting session with uh, Søren. Uh, and uh, I had just found out that I had a, like, a, I had a tumor. I mean, I took, you know, I had a tumor, blah, blah, blah. So I wasn't really aware, like, I, I wasn't sure of what was going to happen. Like, my, everything was just upside down. And we went on the songwriting thing. And, um and we wrote driving in style and i remember i'm gonna sing all these demos like if this is the last thing i do i'm gonna fucking murder this you know vocally in the booth you know so i so at least i leave something great behind me so that's the demo vocals that you hear on the single and you know on the record which i'm really proud of but it was such a mind fuck to be in that state while writing the song and all these things and then um I'm good now. I took it out. Then I had a relapse last year, but it's all good and gone and blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I'm healthy and good. Uh, but it's been a, it's a weird, like, you know, process being in that writing and trying to get creative and all these things. And then I think that on back in gold, we even more so like five years touring together, five years being a part of this band, doing everything together, um, being equals, you know, uh, I think before maybe Philippe had been more of the like the leader of the pack kind of thing. Or Philippe is a founding mother, right. our guitar player. Now, since both me and Emily joined the drummer, we've been like, if we're going to be part of this band, we're going to be equal. Like, it's like, I mean, either we're equals or we're session players. Like, that's kind of, that's the bottom line. So she's been totally cool with that. And from day one, we, we've been creating and doing all these things together. And I think that that has also created that magic, like where it's like, 
it's obvious that we have clear influences and we don't you know it's obvious there's nothing that we feel ashamed about it's just that now we get to mix them up in a way where i think it's a, a fresh new mix yeah whereas before Filippo was more like acdc i want to you know acdc is my you know i want to sound like a female acdc type thing yeah and it's clear uh and now it's more like we all come from different go different musical backgrounds and when we write together you then get a more but I think a more interesting mix and a more unique sound uh, coming from a new band, you know, with clear influences. And I also think that that's something I'm super proud of because if we want to be the next ACDC or be the next Foo Fighters, whatever, like big band, arena band, you can't just copy what they've already done. You need to actually like mix it up and do something of your own with it. So I think that we've been able to do that more and more. So on Heatwave, we started that process, and now we're doing it even more so on Black and Gold. And Black and Gold, we're even being more like, because uh, I know Filippa doesn't really usually want to sing about like negative feelings, whereas I'm kind of like writing for me is like, a, like you know, you get the feelings out kind of thing. Uh, so we have some more aggressive lyrics. Yeah, it's therapy. So you have yeah. some more aggression and all these things, which I really appreciate. Uh, because life is ups and downs. It's not all good times. I mean, that would be ridiculous. Nobody is all happy all the time. Then there, something's wrong with that person. Yeah, you have to worry. You have to worry about the happy people not facing their demons. Yeah, um, you, you need to. You need to face your demons. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Do you, did you do, am I counting correctly? Did you do five videos for the new album? I think I counted five. Um, we've done Watch Out. Uh, Black and Gold. We've Black. done Black and Gold. Uh, Black and Gold. And um, I don't know you. We Hot. did the, the cartoon. I don't know you. Hot yeah. mess. And then we've done uh, Louder Free. Yeah, five videos. Yeah. Okay. So my my point was that's, that's that, a new thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that just goes to show the push that you're putting behind this album. I think uh, it's unusual, especially these days, for a band to put out five videos to promote a record. Um, and I love the videos. They're great. They're they're very mixed. Uh, the the loud and free looks <laughs> like you're just having a good time at a festival. Um, yeah. And some of the other ones look like they were a little more uh, structured. But I want to talk about uh, I don't know you. The animated video. Yeah, I, let's. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's awesome. Now, I want to know. Who who is the guy in the creator T-shirt? <laughs> who does he represent? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, who, who, who it was. Does, I have does... to say, it's just <laughs> we uh, we have we, uh, nothing but love for creator the band, so it's not anything bad towards them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we've been to. Like most bands, you do everything. Like you do big festivals, you do small festivals, especially at our level, you do everything and it's very up and down and you get to these festivals that are very like home organized and like, I don't know how to say this in English, <laughs> but all the, it's very mixed and match. It's like highs and lows all the time. Like you get, 
you're you play this huge show and then you quickly get humbled again like get down like you're, you're here now you're not that big rock star just yet <laughs> uh, so we play these festivals in germany i feel like we've been in every little town in germany there is basically which i love and it's been a great experience but uh at some of these festivals they don't really understand that uh like uh, the dressing rooms uh, or the backstage area is actually like it's technically our home for the day so um and they just happen to usually have creator t-shirts and vests on i don't know if that's a german thing or not but it just traumatized mona our bass player so much at one festival she got like frozen in a corner she just didn't know what to do with herself and that became like a joke in the band that's why we said that was like her experience and like sometimes it is a little like re-traumatizing when that happens when you just like oh my god that have that it's like a saying in the band it's like that creator vibe of just these fans that are really just like they just don't understand uh but um yeah nothing but love for the band and it was just a funny thing and we were i, I think we we're actually signed to the same label so the label was fine with us putting it out there <laughs> oh of course <laughs> i just i just love the fact that you're wearing a creator t-shirt um yeah, yeah. so is that the same in america do they like a lot of people at festivals wear like creator t-shirts and vests I th I have this theory about uh, European festivals. I I grew up reading uh, you know English and and uh, European heavy metal magazines, and uh, you know in the early eighties, like eighty eighty one eighty two, early Kerrang magazine stuff like that, Sounds magazine, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I was hearing about you know this is what I could call pre Metallica. So I was reading about. Uh, uh, you know, anything that was coming out of Europe pre-Metallica. And uh, even back then, there were, they would show these photos from European festivals, and there were all of these people in the audience with their battle jackets on, right? I didn't know if they called them that back then, but there's just patches all over them, you know, like they've been every to every concert and seen every band and and they probably they have a closet full of these battle vests because they buy patches all the time because they go right well i learned later on when i've played some of these festivals that uh it's their umbrella the jacket itself is their pillow it's their umbrella it's their blanket multifaceted it's, wear it's, like it's their do it. it's their yeah. purse you know it's their backpack it's yeah. their they have pockets and you know they it's that's how they live for the three days they're at this festival yeah and i feel like in america that was never a thing it was a trend that was copied by americans by seeing it in european heavy metal magazines or music magazines i really believe this uh, myself, I followed the wow. trend myself. Yeah, I have multiple battle jackets because being an old school metalhead, I was seeing that going, oh, that's cool. I got to I gotta make me one of those, you know. So in America, even now, I think you might see someone who works on the crew, the backstage area that might have that. But usually a, a, a bigger festival event, they'll have... Uh, professional company badge shirts where you know the security mm. 
they look like a team, you know, or they're dressed, yeah. they're dressed for the part. They're not trying to sort of alienate anyone that's actually there. They're trying to make comfortable because they're the artist, you know. So the, your video is fucking hilarious because it's a guy working for a festival, but he's like alienated. He's like, what the fuck? You know, so kind of creeping you guys out. And, yeah. and I've been, in the, you know, it, you'll notice it's especially with the scorpions. I'm sure you're not going to run into any into many people wearing, uh, you know, anything kind of menacing or alienating. I'm sure you'll be around. uh who, you know, company people, people who are wearing proper yeah. proper gear with, you know, proper radios going, yeah, I'll bring the catering in in the next 30 minutes, no problem. You know, it'll be like stuff like that. It <laughs> won't be like, hey, man, yes. you know, hey, lur lurking around your, your, uh, your tent, yeah. you know. Well, I, I loved it and it caught No, me. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It caught my eye right away because I, I just love well, it. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, it was and funny. Creator. I was I was creator. trying to figure, yeah, I was trying to figure it out at first. Like, oh, is it a fan or is it, oh, shit, it's someone like, you know, <laughs> Frankensteining around the, you know, rawr, you know, kind of like becoming this annoying personality. I had to figure it out at first, but that made it funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And creators. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. We really want to try to, I mean, we, I feel like we have good, like, humor in the band, and we try to, if you follow us on Instagram and stuff like that, we, we try, like, that's who we are as people, so it was never anything to be offensive or anything, it was just a funny, lighthearted thing where it's like, yeah, we're sharing a, a trauma situation, but in a fun way, you know, like, of course, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Some people just don't know. You know these social things. <laughs> so I I wanted to also ask about um, the song "Hot Mess" because I I feel like it's a little bit different than your than your over than your overall sound. It's it, it's a I don't know I I don't want to say that it's got a pop slant to it, but it's not as hard rocking as most of your tunes. So what was the inspiration for hot mess and and just tell us a little bit about that song because i find it to be sort of the one that stands out as being different on the album oh thank you i mean i take that as a compliment <laughs> yeah no, it is. Uh, i um no but I, I think that when we wrote it um it was me Philippa, Soren, and emily we were actually at my house when we wrote we were like we had a few writing days and we wrote that one song um I just really wanted to write a love song because we don't have any. Uh, and I think that's really challenging to write about love. And Emily, the drummer, doesn't, she never wants to write about love. Like she's very anti. Like if it's a ballad, she wants it to be like the opposite. Like she wants it to be. So we had to find like a middle ground. And then we ended up uh, like, well, Hot Mess happened, that song. Um, I don't know. I think that when we when we did write a lot of the stuff on the material, like this album, not only Hot Mess, we did have the American market in mind. I feel like it has like a little like Americana vibe to it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if that's what you guys call it over there. No, I think but you know, like I want to say country or southern rock, but like a little bit of like 
it's a completely different vibe but we all enjoy we all really like that kind of music uh so yeah so we wanted to write a, a song in that field too and also to be able to showcase that we can do a lot of different things i think that's one of the main things that happened with the heat wave when we all started writing together is that we like branched out a little bit and we're not so confined to just like acdc or you know like that I, however amazing that music is it does get a little like claustrophobic claustrophobic for a creative person yeah the acdc the acdc curve yeah yeah we don't want to do that i mean as much as we love it and i know Filippa dies for that music like that's her always the go-to and it's a d a part of our dna as a band we'll never lose that I think it's really nice to be able to showcase different sides of your cre creativity. And we all like that vibe of music. Like on Heatway, we have Sleep, which is very like Aerosmith, also has like a, that kind of vibe to it. So I don't know. I think that if you can, why not? And I'm excited for like when we do our own tour, be able to have a little side, like a little piece of the show where I can do some ballads and really like show showcase my range and you know my abilities as a singer because it's um everyone else in the band get their own little moments so i i'm excited to be able to do that too for our spring tour <laughs> yeah that's a good idea um you mentioned your own shows you're doing some club dates in between the scorpion shows uh or at least i'm aware of one in austin texas you're playing at Stubbs. um are you have are you doing uh headline shows in between scorpions dates and and if so how are those going uh we've done two so far and they haven't gone great to be completely honest because we had such a stressful time getting the visa. So, um, I mean, we literally, we missed the first show due to our passports not, you know, getting to us and on time, uh, which sucked. Uh, so the visa thing has really, it just turned, like messed everything up for us. So we haven't been able to uh, properly promote our own stuff as much as we would have wanted to. Uh, so we have one left now at Stubbs in Austin. Uh, and yeah, we posted about it the other day and we're going to keep posting and see if more people show up because I feel like since we didn't make it, we didn't really advertise it, you know, do anything about it. It's hard for people to even know we're having solo shows because for us, it was just like, we just need to get over here and then we'll sort it out as we go. And right. that's kind of how it's been. So uh, I'm hoping that whenever we come back and maybe do a solo tour or stuff like that, we're going to be able to do it much more organized and get our visas on time and everything. Uh, but yeah, we are playing at Stubbs in Austin. And uh, I'm hoping that we'll sell out. I don't know. It'll be fun. Yeah. And well, it's on a it's on a Friday night. So that helps. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How did you, this, you've been uh, with the band for a number of years now, but you're not uh, the original singer. So how did you find Felipe, uh, Felipe, and how, how did you guys find each other and come up with this version of the lineup? Well, um, 
Philippa me, um, well, Sweden is a very, very big country. So whoever is like really working hard on their music, eventually they'll meet. <laughs> uh, so we were like friends and uh, we had met, um, Philippa had another band, a blues band and uh, my previous band opened for her and we just had a bunch of mutual friends and we were in the same scene and blah 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 so uh when my then bass player quit my previous band which these have these things happen to every band all the time <laughs> i reached out to all people i knew uh philippa being one of them and in that conversation i was like trying to get some advice like do you know any bass players blah 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 and she was like, well, actually, we were having some problems, too. But she didn't want to say what the problems were. Uh, so me being the person that I am, I just threw it out there. I was like, well, if you ever need a singer, I'm here and I'm very interested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she was like, yeah, do you want to audition? So like two months later, I auditioned for the band. And yeah, within a week, I had a gig. And, and then she more or less found Emily and yeah, we've been a solid trio since then because obviously we've had issues with bass players, but um, I feel like that's just how it is. You know, Spinal Tap, the drummers just keep dying. That's mm -hmm. kind of how it is for us. Like we, the bass players are hard to keep <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but um I mean, there's no hard feelings. It's all good. It's like people want to do whatever they want to do. And now our bass player is actually a guitar player. So I'm guessing she will stick around and be super. I mean, she's amazing. Moana is her name. Uh, well, the Moana is her uh, artist name. And uh, it's been really good. So I really feel like since she now joined the band last year, we're four people with the same type of work ethic, same type of ambition you know like all these things so it feels really really good yeah <laughs> yeah um, i don't know what it is about sweden but sweden has produced some of the best rock bands i mean i i mean as a country i i think about it in uh you've had the backyard babies forever the helicopters crash diet veins of jenna crucified barbara mm -hmm. um I mean, the list is just amazing of quality Ghost. bands. Ghost, okay. So what is it about <laughs> Sweden? What is it? What's going on over there? Is it the weather? Is there something in the water? I think there's uh, several things, but like the weather, absolutely. The weather is shit. So playing music and staying inside, activities inside are very appreciate much appreciated <laughs> but also we um the government has a lot of good funding like they really support culture and uh, from a very young age regardless of your background if you have money if you don't like there's possibilities for you to have um to take classes in you know any instrument you want to try or whatever you're into and as well as like getting rehearsal spaces for i mean basically for free as long as you just fill out this form you can get rehearsal spaces for either like really really cheap or for free and it all depends on how you go about it but yeah the government i yeah the swedish government is responsible for that i'd say because yeah we yeah. get the support and we get we get really like pushed to um 
regardless of like even if it's not your like dream or anything everyone gets pushed to try something within culture you know like music or arts or whatever like really it's important to have that like creative outlet and i think that's a beautiful thing and obviously it's showing in the world and the export of swedish music because it's not just in rock it's everything it's like songwriters yeah. there's, there's so much talent coming out of sweden and i think that's a Huge yeah, yeah. The, the seems like the Swedish government, they realize in the back of their of this process, surely they realize this. They're creating jobs for people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. <laughs> we've heard that before from uh, other guests that we've had on the show uh, from overseas. Uh, you know, and I tend to forget it because living in America, we don't have that here. But no. Uh, you talked to, we've had guests from Canada and uh, Sweden and, and the UK, and, and there is sort of a, a support system in place at the, at the, at the federal level, the government level. Not in America. That we don't have here. Right. Exactly. Well, I'm glad that you have it because uh, yes. give my thanks to the I don't Swedish think they government. have it in the UK either. That's no. Well, give my thanks to the Swedish government because we've been cranking out some great rock yeah, and roll. Lately. We are fans of the Swedish government. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got two more questions. If Jason has anything, he can he can chime in. I wanted to know uh, how you got hooked on rock and roll. What was the specific moment when you decided that's what I want to do for a living? I I. It's hard for me to. It's a great question, but uh, it's really hard for me to answer because it's like I always always listen to all kinds of music. But when I, um, I'm gonna try to like not give you an hour answer here, but uh, <laughs> this could be a podcast in itself. Just that question. <laughs> that, that, this question uh, is no, the but, reason uh, we have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. No, but uh, to be. <clears throat> To be completely honest, I've always like I grew up in a musical home. Like music, I've listened to all kinds of music at all the you know throughout my entire life. I've had faces like, and I don't know if it's growing up in the '90s, but it was we were the generation that like started with the singles and the greatest hits and stuff. So I don't feel like we are like properly you know like oh I listened to that album and that album like we did, but it wasn't you know. The whole Spotify thing and the, you know, the single thing started with us there. And I listened to, you know, pop music and all this, blah, blah, blah. So fast forward to, um, I've been singing my entire life. And uh, in Sweden, I also, I never had teachers that could properly help me. I have a naturally raspy voice. And in that same phase, I started hanging out with a lot of like, sleaze rockers or whatever people my age that dress like you know motley crew in the 80s basically uh and i you know that was the whole scene i was in uh in my early well well like 18 19 that that age ish and so i at that time also then i moved to los angeles to go to musicians institute so i got help from like teachers to figure out my voice, you know, because before I had teachers that put me in like speech therapist classes because they, they wanted to always try to put me, like try to get me to sing all these other things that never worked for my voice. Cause I was either 
like a little hoarse all the time, you know, like a little raspy, mm. like pop music didn't work for me and all these things. So uh, when I moved to LA and I went to MI and I was hanging out with all these people, I started getting into 80s rock quite a lot, like, you know, hair metal and all these things. And I was kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to sing this, you know? And, uh, I found that Skid, well, I really like Skid Row because I thought it was a little more metal and a little more groovy and heavy. So I got into that more than like Poison and all that other stuff that was a little more soft, I thought at the time. Uh, <laughs> um, but so I started, or not started, but I felt like I could relate more to Sebastian Bach's vocals. So when I had a teacher, I started singing like Skid Row songs, like still Youth Gone Wild is like a song that I, you know, like I started like trying to, oh, I could do that da, 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 and I can like push myself. And uh, yeah, he's just one of those singers that I felt that I could relate to. So I guess forever Sebastian Bach is going to be really meaningful to me and my singing abilities as a rock performer because before i was just trying everything and then once i i found that i was just like wow i can really evolve i can do more i can do this and oh wow i can do this scream and i can do all these extreme vocals without hurting myself and it's nothing weird it's just having the right tools to take care of it uh so yeah 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 well you can't go wrong with sebastian bach as an inspiration no uh, <laughs> Guy can well, definitely and, sing. And, and people like uh, suggesting that you need, like, there's like they were, the, I'm sorry, the way that you explained it was almost like, you know, they were telling you something was wrong with your voice because it was being, because they were diagnosing it as being naturally raspy <laughs> or trying to turn you into a Disney yeah. pop princess or something, which is. And, then and, that and that did that would, not happen. Right. Well, and, and not <laughs> yeah. that there's anything wrong with that either for someone else, right? Yeah. Um, the the idea. No, I know, but it's it's not you know. Yeah. Sorry. The, Sorry, I interrupted that's okay. you. It's okay. That's all right. Um, you know, just the idea that you recognized the tone of your voice and you were able to like sort of go, well, this style I'm attracted to, and my voice fits uh yeah just means that the universe and the universe was telling you where to go a little bit and your heart exactly in your heart too man and that's the same thing when i started writing everything uh i took songwriting classes and i i, I did really well uh, you know I, I won some songwriting competitions but whatever oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah but it was all like everything that came was uh blues rock it was everything that I was writing. It was just like, and I've never specifically listened to blues. I've, I've listened to a lot of Motown and RB awesome. and soul yeah. and all that stuff. But when I started writing, it was all blues rock. And that's the same in Thunderbird. I think I brought some more soul and blues to the band. Um, and it's something that just comes from the heart. It's, it might sound cheesy, but it, I do, I, I, I agree with you. And I feel the same way. I feel like, it was kind of presented to me like from the universe because I was putting putting classes where they were just like, you need to go to a speech therapist. They were telling me I was speaking wrong on my vocal cords and I had to do all these things. Like I filmed my vocal cords for an entire year and I figured out that uh, my default vocal cords are 
damage, like a little bit damage, which makes gives me the character that I have, which I'm really grateful for. But I have to take care of the voice in a different way. That's why, yeah, you guys are seeing me drinking beer now, but that's not the norm. <laughs> I definitely need to be a little more careful. Yeah, I just have such a great love for all kinds of music. And I really feel at home in that genre. And I really hope that we're going to be part of like a new renaissance of rock. You know what I mean? Like, because I think it's needed and it's awesome and it's for everyone. And yeah. Yeah. It's just where my heart is. <laughs> well, if black and gold is any indication, I think you've got a, you've, you've got a future in front of you. It's a solid album. It's, it sounds good. It does cover a lot of bases, like you said. Um, so congratulations on that. And and I'm going to put you on the spot before we let you go. I have one last question. And because you're out on tour with the Scorpions, I have to ask you, what is your favorite Scorpions album? Album? Do yeah. I need to know the albums? <laughs> <laughs> or song. Okay. Oh, I, can't, I don't know any albums, to be completely honest. Um, but I really like that Tease Me song right now. Tease me, please. You know that one? Yeah. Tease me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tease me. You know, that's fun. Yeah, I'm not very yeah. good at remembering titles and stuff, but yes, I think that's that song is really fun. That's, that's, <laughs> that's from the, like uh, Savage 90. That, yeah, that came out in like 1990. Yeah, I think that's the Savage Amusement record. So, so, when, oh, wow. the, okay. so when we opened for the Scorpions in 91... It was a one-off. We closed our set with our, our song, Dave, you know, Tease and Pleasing, and they opened with Tease Me, Please Me. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. There's a whole lot of teasing going on there. Yeah, but, you know, but, you know Celtic <laughs> Frost has a song called the same thing. So <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. We have a song called... We also have a tease song. It's oh, just a tease, but we are not playing that song. Yeah. <laughs> it's from a previous, uh, before my time, but we, oh, okay. we still play it. But can, I'm sorry, I didn't look this up, but what band did you play in? Um, I was referring to a band that I'm in called Dangerous Toys. Oh, okay, okay. So you guys opened for Scorpions. Yeah, I, 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 uh, it was a one-off. We were, it was, it was right before we were starting a tour with Judas Priest and Alice Cooper. Wow. And this would, that would have been summer of 91. And Trickster was Scorpion's opening band. Like they were on, they were the, they were the new, the new kids kind of, I think they had one record out, <clears throat> maybe two. Do you remember Trickster? I, to be completely honest it's, it's i have fine. never heard of trickster. yeah it's fine it's fine can you they... sing something can you sing something no <laughs> so no? Tr okay. trickster trickster i think that <laughs> one of them they had a, a family <laughs> emergency it's one of those things it was last minute um, you know and they were the scorpions were in el paso texas and we were at home between things in austin and they, we got the call, and they were like, "Hey, Scorpions need you guys." So we drove to El Paso, and it was a one-off. But then I opened for the Scorpions in a completely different band. It was a reunion show I did with an old band I was in called Watchtower, and we played Bang mm -hmm. Your Head Festival with the Scorpions. 
So that wow. was in, in Germany. This but is, this, this is so long ago. This I was, was going like, to say, this, this isn't the first time Jason and I have been reminded how old we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's not even her fault. Yeah. I know. Yeah. She probably wasn't even born when Savage Amusement came out. That's so okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, ni- 90, and then, the, and then the, the Watchtower gig, the Bang Your Head, was in, like, 2001. So it's so <laughs> yeah. long ago. Well, we're young at heart, okay? Yeah. Kornika, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope I said your name correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. And we wish you continued success with the Scorpions and on your own. Black and Gold is the title of the new album. Go check it out. Thunder Mother is the name of the band. Uh, they are out on tour with the Scorpions. And uh, if you're in the Austin, Texas area, they're playing Stubbs on September 23rd. Um, so you can look for them, uh, in a club sometime and possibly coming back in the spring, maybe. Uh, so we'll keep our eyes open for that. Um, yeah. It's awesome talking to you both. And I want to apologize for the internet, but it's for life. And I apologize, but this is awesome. Really nice conversation. Oh, yeah. well, we, 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 the pleasure was ours. Thank you for joining us. And we'll let you get back to that senior citizens pool party now. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your day off with the, with the gray hairs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're doing, they're probably doing karaoke now. Oh, <laughs> hey, you'll yeah. fit right in. There you go. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. On behalf of my co-host, Jason Thank McMaster, you. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with our special guest today, Guarnica Mancini front woman for the band Thunder Mother on the Talk Louder podcast today. 